Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Good evening, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to what was supposed to be a live episode of Jaybird watching with fans and all that kind of good fun stuff. Apparently, nobody else got the memo except like three of our hardcore fans. But to that point, here I am, Craig Borden, with you for the official podcast at Jays Journal. I am with my co-host tonight, Chris Key. How are you doing, my friend? We are good. Good. Good, <laughs> Way good. to like, yeah, we're good, and then. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we're we're good. We uh we tried something new tonight and uh I wouldn't like it worked. It wasn't yeah, a, it it, it wasn't, literally worked. The tech works. Yeah, the tech works. It's there. It would be nice to like do it on a computer so like and like have a video feed of it as well, but here we are. Here we are. Twitter fun with spaces was what we were trying out there, uh, folks, for the people that are listening to us on a podcast feed or live on Twitter and whatnot again, like normal. But to that point, we are here. We are ready to talk baseball. Unfortunately, there's this whole collective bargaining thing that has happened in the last week since our last show. Blue Jays didn't end up making any giant splashes right before the whole slamming the door shut to major league facilities and everything. And what I thought was the most random thing on the planet, Chris, was the fact that MLB.com no longer has any of the rights to display likenesses of baseball players. They took down Bryce Harper's MVP thing from Veterans State, or not Veterans State, Citizens Bank Ballpark, all that kind of stuff. It's just nuts of level things that have happened in the midst of the players being locked out. It's I find it kind of childish. I'm sure there's some kind of writing somewhere that they, they can't do it or whatever legalities, but like, doesn't it just seem so just petty and dumb oh, yeah. and childish? Like these are the guys that are making, well, maybe not making the owners all of their money, but like these players Sizable are chunk of it. <laughs> th- these players are the reason that the fans are putting money towards all of these teams. And like, I don't know. It, I just I I agree with you. I think you hit the nail on the head with childish. Yeah, like I just I don't get and and like the whole thing, like Manfred's letter that came out that he said that, like, we were forced to do this. You weren't forced to do it. You locked the players out. You had a vote. The owners got together. They voted unanimously. That was the thing that killed me on it. Unanimously, which they do all the time. Like, typically it's it's all or nothing when owners vote, but like they voted to lock the players out. And I think it was who 
who tweeted it? Mm, and then they brought it up on Talking Baseball as well. I think it was Tyone was saying that uh, Jameson Tyone it said that like he can't use the trainers anymore and like can't use the facilities that he was rehabbing at. So like, what does he do now? Does he go? Which he brings up a very valid point. Like, does he find his own trainer to deal with this? And then what does the team say when he gets back or if something happens now? Like, who's going to cover? I, I'm sure there's That's a really good situation to talk about. I didn't even think about that kind of thing. Because there's plenty yeah. of guys that are in that same boat. This is almost it's like yeah. COVID passed like even worse level because at least with COVID, a lot of ki- the players went to like their high schools and their local towns and nobody else was yeah. really there. Those kind of things. But which like there's guys... schools in session and shit right now. You're not going to have the parade of a major league baseball player coming in and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like you're not going to have that sandlot game that Bauer set up or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't so, know it, it for that reason alone like what what are you okay here's an example Cindergard coming off of Tommy John surgery or Verlander who may or may not be a Houston Astro we don't particularly know because nothing was announced which is very interesting. Um, you get the, these kind of guys that teams just shelled out $20 million for coming off Tommy John surgery. Like you probably want them throwing under your team supervision at some point through at the winter. So, you know, what's going on with these guys that you just gave a whack load of money to, especially the angels who have like pitching woes up to the yin yang. Because Constantly. they don't have any pitching. Like, that's that would be something if if I was in, say, Mark Shapiro or Ross Atkins shoes in this case, like, I'd be filling my pants right now because, like, these guys are out there doing God knows what. They're not allowed to have any communication with players. How do you know that somebody is going to be ready or something doesn't come up or what have you? There's a million situations that could evolve from this. But like, it, what was it? Tatis was just in a car accident or something and dislocated yeah. a shoulder. Did yeah, I, did like I, he wasn't having shoulder issues enough already. The fact that yeah. he had to put him in the outfield and now put the star player in Major League Baseball. And, and one the of those team, guys in that situation. Yeah, and the team can't comment on it because they can't speak about players in any situation. It's like you probably check on the guy's well-being, well-being when you're shelling out $300 million. For <laughs> well, and then that brings up another fun thing. It's like, okay, well, Major League Baseball players, when they're not locked out, regardless of the fact that they get good trainers and all that kind of stuff, they also, right now you're talking about somebody like Tatis, maybe not seeing the right doctor or Syndergaard mm-hmm. not seeing the right doctor. Well, yeah, you know, exactly. Cause the team's protecting that investment. So, you know, how much is that even in that situation, a player, even go, you know, Tommy John surgery, I don't know what the logistics are of that. If you're a guy that goes out and do, does that, but, um, how much does the player pay out of pocket? How much does the team go? We have an investment in you. We're going to make sure we mm-hmm. see you through those kind of things too. So, mm-hmm. um, which isn't, which isn't a terrible thing for the guys making 10, 15, 20 
plus million dollars a year. But these guys that are making five hundred thousand dollars or whatever, yeah. which is still five hundred thousand dollars. Trevor Plouffe actually broke that down really well the other day uh, on Talking Baseball when he he kind of went on about yeah, it's five hundred thousand dollars a year, but like it's a very uh, limited lifespan that you're going to have making that five hundred thousand dollars. Plus, it's a very luxurious lifestyle to be living in that you're tipping clubbies and you're doing the dinner thing and you're trying to find a house for or housing for six months of the year in one place. And then you're trying to find housing in Florida or Arizona for two months. And like the list goes on and on and on. Plus, like he said, you're in like the upper tax bracket. So like 50 percent of it is almost gone. So mm-hmm. are you really any further ahead making 500 grand a year? Not really. It looks good on paper. It looks good on paper when it's $500,000 for, but like, look at the life of a reliever. Like oh, yeah. how. Brian how, Barucki, for example, what's he doing right now with this whole situation? He was in this point where he was trying to get back healthy too. Well, yeah, but even just like one of these, one of these guys that's constantly up, down, up, down, up, down. And like, he's not getting like they, they also said that he, um, like that guy wouldn't be getting paid the 500,000 every time he's like through it that whole year, it would be only like a prorated version of the games that he plays in the major leagues, not what he's making in the minor league. Like you go back down to a minor league salary when you're playing in the minor leagues. And like, how often do you like, how often do those relievers go up, down, up, down, and then actually stick or have, or have a long career and make a little bit of money. There's, in the grand scheme of things, there's only a handful of guys that actually make any money doing that. Like Liam Hendricks is the outlier in that he did come up and down a couple of times and then finally hit the jackpot with the Chicago White Sox, right? Like, but it took him a long time to, to mind, do it. One guy that comes to mind in this situation for you talking about that is Aaron Loop. He just somehow mm. manages to get paid every freaking season, but he's not. He, like you said, he's that outlier. He's still one of the minor league, like tipping into just over quadruple A level, right? You know, yeah. how we use that term floating around. But to that point, I don't know why he ended up making this season. I think he's playing with the, was it the Phillies that picked LA. him up again. LA, LA that's who it was. So good move on their part. But to that point, which guy are you getting? Could he be there for a hot minute or is he going to stick out for the whole season? Because, but it's a very real thing and you don't get, guys like him that have just found a way to string it along for what the better part of a decade at this mm-hmm. point like you said relievers are very volatile on that whole survivability thing Aaron Loop got a two-year deal worth 17 million but like Aaron Loop is, that's his first big contract too yeah because he was and, and like Aaron Loop is I feel like he had a bad rap through his time in Toronto and like he was Gibby's boy too right like Gibby just loved to roll him out and like used in the right situations. Aaron loop was actually a pretty good option out of that bullpen. Like if you use him as a true loogie, mm-hmm. like he can, oh, he's perfect. He can give you some value, but everybody's playing the matchup now. And like, I feel like Aaron loop at the time with those big Orioles lineups, 
like the rules were a little bit different. So he could come in and get that like he could come in, get Chris Davis, and then you wouldn't have you would have to bring in Sanchez or Osuna to deal with Adam Jones, uh, Trumbo, Cruz, and whoever <laughs> else was there, right handed back Machado, right? Like they they had some pretty good thunder on those teams, but like if you could use Aaron Loop in that one instance to get a Chris Davis, to get a Ryan Howard or somebody like that, right? Like that's yeah. That's where his value lies now that the rules are a little bit different. It's great that he's still hanging around. I'm amazed he survived that because there was a point there where most people were like, oh, well, his career is over with, right? He was that good for a while. And then I want to say 2017, he was Mm -hmm. bouncing back for an injury. And I even saw him here in Rochester playing, pitching for the Bisons. And I was like, well, Mm -hmm. that's not going to happen again. (laughs) And here he is. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm I'm all I'm all happy for him, but mm-hmm. I agree with you on the fact that that whole money thing, obviously, the pl- in this whole CBA thing going on, the players know that the owners are rolling around in it, regardless of what the hell mm-hmm. happened in COVID. And that honestly is probably the biggest sticking point with the players right now is they actually went out of their way to help the owners to make sure that they could get back to playing baseball games without play without fans in the stands. Mm-hmm. And there was all that negotiated money for deferring contracts and all this mm-hmm. and that and everything. And in the midst of that, now they did all that helping back then just to get things back and going. And they're sitting here going, well, what the shit, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Which. So. I, I think the way the owners are going to look at that or, well, that was that deal and this is this deal, right? Like they're. <laughs> That's fine, but I can see why they're butthurt after doing that and wanting to make sure they get everything that they're supposed to be getting during this. Oh, a hundred percent. Oh, I'm, and I know I, 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 I sound like I'm just running on the owner's side quite a bit, which I, I'm really not. I'm really, really not. <laughs> um, it, but like in my mind, though, at the same time, like it takes two to tango, like. And in the whole COVID negotiations and all of that BS, like both sides were were banging the drum all over the place. And this is what this side is doing. This is what that side's doing. Oh, these they're the, oh, Rob Manfred's so terrible. And oh, the players just they don't want to play. It's like I love how you slip that Manfred thing in there. Just just about the right angle there. Yeah, Rob Manfred's hell. We'll move well, on to the next thing. <laughs> yeah. Like, was it passing that said that? Um, somebody brought it up on Twitter the other day that he was the, naming him was the right guy for the job. And then somebody retweeted it like to the other day from when he got hired and is like, you sure sure with this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, that's how I'm thinking right now. It's and then not... you throw this two different baseball crap in it. And... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, that's a whole other thing, but I, it's a whole nother arm sphere. W- yeah. I wouldn't, I don't, envy rob manfred and what he has to do because like it, like nobody liked bud Selig either but like the way that people boo like gary bettman and, and that's a whole thing and whatever like rob manfred i feel i feel like rob manfred is hated 10 times worse by baseball fans than gary bettman is by hockey fans yeah like i i think the only commissioner that's even remotely liked is probably probably adam silver but I feel like he tries to keep a good relationship with both sides as much as he can. Um, well, it's constructive, right? Like well, you said, it, it takes two to tango. 
And if uh, Manfred was doing certain things differently and not tweaking the game and doing this thing and that thing and all this other Mm -hmm. stuff, maybe we wouldn't be having as half as many of these arguments as one. Because to that point, even, I think one of the things that they've actually been sticking on was the whole, you know, the DH thing or not, the Mm -hmm. shifting things that are core things with baseball that are, Mm -hmm. you know, and there's even some things that obviously with the, you know, pace of play crap, things like that, mm-hmm. that are, um, I'm sure in the midst of all those, uh, arguments, but the fact that I think what ended up happening as far as what Manfred's biggest thing was the fact that not only did he's clearly on the owner's side, clearly, oh, very, very, which <laughs> he's also which, messing with the game. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, and he's supp- as far as fans, he's supposed to be on the owner's side, but maybe not. So like he's supposed he's supposed to act in the owner's best interest, but he's also supposed to act in baseball's best interest. Correct. Uh, which I don't necessarily think he does on a day to day basis. Um, case in point, the whole two baseball thing and many other things. Um why do we have those secrets like that in a fucking game? It's just stupid. It's like the same thing as you. If I corked my bat to come, you know, try and hit a ball off of you, and you, yeah. somebody in your dugout knew about it, right? Yeah. <laughs> but but like, if you know that that's going on and these things are going, how can if those things are going on and they're being orchestrated by Major League Baseball, how can you ever punish a player for using PEDs now? You just throw another wild card into the math. Maybe that's the uh, reason freaking you? Ju- you know Aaron Judge went off for 50 home runs his rookie year, <laughs> or yeah. Pete Alonso. Who knows if they were doing that kind of crap, right? Like, wow. Well, like, how how can you in good it's conscience, balls, man? Yeah. How can how can you in good conscience keep players out of the Hall of Fame now or suspend them for putting the odds? whether or not putting the odds in their favor when major league baseball is doing that to juice balls for primetime TV. It's just ridiculous or, it, or it, the it, field it's is unacceptable game. or correct. And that's where I mean, that's exactly it. That came, how many games were hit in that field of dreams home game? Were there five home runs in that one game? Yeah, it was ridiculous. Yeah. It, it was to make great. me wonder if it I was, could freaking make a baseball team right now if I can just turn around and hit a fastball. You know? <laughs> it, it was and like it was great entertainment, which is fine and whatever. But like you, there has to be a level playing field. There has to be. That's like, the reason they have a game. It, exactly. When I play in chess against each other, guess what? We all have the same pieces. Now you're mm-hmm. saying that I have, you know, three queens or something, <laughs> and I'm mm-hmm. trying to take you on. You know, just like just you're tipping like the, the odds around. The only reason there were actual rules and and the reason that like Major League Baseball was formed was to have a level playing field for gamblers. Yeah, that's the only reason that that there's organized sports. Yeah. And that that's not even that's not mean being facetious or joking or anything. That is the God honest truth. The only reason we have professional sports leagues is so there's a level playing field for sports gambling. Now, is there going to be, is there going to be a class action lawsuit now for the gamblers? Uh, or betting, even o- that betting over or under on strikeouts and home runs and 
And you want to be this guy now. Pete Rose isn't allowed in the Hall of Fame because he's betting on games against him, you know, for his team to win, right? Which You're talking I find, about what if what if somebody knows which balls are being introduced for what fucking ball games yeah. and knows when to bet on it? Well, exactly. Like, the, it, it's a whole... I don't know. The whole Pete Rose. What do you really think? We'll go down that road because why not? We don't have anything better to talk about right now. What do you, (laughs) would you, how do you feel about the whole Pete Rose thing? Me on that whole thing. He, I think since then he's actually done worse to his own chances than Mm -hmm. the initial reason he was banned. Yeah, I could agree with that. It's a content of character thing to me more now than it is the fact that, okay, great. Wait, he bet on baseball. He bet on his team to win, and it was his own team. It's not mm. like he was shaving points. No, no, you know, no. he bet on his own like team that. To win. He thought his team was that fucking good, mm-hmm. and he was gonna hope they won, and then he would make a little extra money on the side. Yes, that was egregious in baseball, and they have it plastered in every dugout. To, you're not allowed to gamble on baseball, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, he fucked up. To me the fact that some of these other things that have happened in baseball since then are a million times worse than what he had done. But like I said, the way he's acted since that whole thing, I, I would, I'll take it or leave it at this point. I will be happy if he is part of the story of being in the baseball hall of fame and Mm -hmm. I wouldn't fight against it. Yeah. Like I, I feel that he didn't as much as it had something to do with the game, it wouldn't have changed a the outcome mm-hmm. or his desire to win lose change how the outcome uh happened at the end of the day he's trying to win the ball game yeah which which Just is what, what you which, which is what you want from your managers or because he was what manager at that point yeah. I think he was playing and managing. He was playing and yeah. managing, which is a whole separate conversation. Because, like, <laughs> could you imagine that happening now? Like, oh, no, come on. Shohei Tani will be the first one to do it. And he'll throw a no hitter while he's like freaking yeah. 50 or something. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 oh, man. Could you imagine? Could you just. <laughs> I just... could see Mad Max doing that right now for the Mets. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, I was trying to think of like a right fielder or a center fielder being like, that's it. Get this bum out of here. It's like so much softball when you were eye playing, right? Pitching change. Get him out. (laughs) He's crap. That's exactly where I think that whole thing goes. But to that point, as I pop an old beer open. uh, (laughs) I'll do do that too. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Cheers. So. But we don't have anything better to talk about, so we might as well have a beer. Yeah. Red Solo Cup Night. <laughs> now, see, if we named the Spaces thing Red Solo Cup Night with Jaybird watching, I think we probably would have had more freaking fans join. We would have had everybody from Georgia and, like, Tennessee. Yeah, there you go. Or to that <laughs> point, my daughter is a giant wrestling fan, and she loves these guys called the Street Profits, and that's what they do. They come out, and there's, just like, a endless dumping of freaking red solo cups when they come out of the entranceway <laughs> things have changed since the rock and stone cold i know right that's the reason <laughs> we make so many freaking uh wrestling references on here and that's mostly because of freaking adam corsair too is a giant wrestling fan oh, that almost makes sense almost shout makes out sense. to our buddy <laughs> yeah. 
So, but no, I agree. And to that point, I don't care what the hell happens with the Hall of Fame with him. Fred McGriff needs to get in the goddamn Hall of Fame. (laughs) Fred McGriff needs to be there. I I get irrationally upset when people talk, like, especially right now, like, because now Hall of Fame ballots are out um, and starting to come out. I get irrationally upset when people make their case for Todd Helton to be in the <laughs> Hall of Fame and Come Carlos buddy, Delga- and Carlos Delgado, who has eerily similar numbers, if not better numbers than Todd Helton Griffin did, especially was so. taken off the ballot after his first year. It's mm-hmm. ridiculous. Absolutely Regis. ridiculous. <laughs> Do you so think, do you think, do you think, yeah, do you think, um, do you think eventually Delgado will get in? Or do you think I, that because a good chunk of his time was with the Blue Jays that he'll, I think that has something to do with it, to be honest. Yep. Like his best career year was what, 2003. And he should have won the MVP that year. He should have like won flat the MVP out. that year. Especially uh-huh. after the enlightenment of what happened after. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, really? A-Rod, you admitted to juicing that year? Mm-hmm. You should have just walked right over to Delgado and said, here's your trophy. <laughs> See, but I have I have less of a... To go back onto that now, I have yep. less of a problem with A-Rod doing it because he at least came out and said he did it. I give him a little bit of respect for that, but that's about all the respect I'm giving him. <laughs> yeah, you, you can have your opinions, which is fine. Like, it, it was a problem within the game, and I, I I actually like to listen to debate on that and mm-hmm. and banter on both sides of it. Um, yeah. I, I kind of I, I get Couldn't kicks tell. out of that. Yeah, well, <laughs> I totally get kicks out of that stuff because it, it it's interesting to get people's different points of view on it but like to me to me a lot of things can get swept under the rug if you just own up to what you do maybe not swept under the rug but like i i can be more forgiving if you just own up to it when there's there's tons of these other guys who mm-hmm. like adamantly deny ever going near it, and you're like ah no you did and we all know yeah. you did. just come clean and then we can all move on but trying to find the list, but we actually had a it was one of our first shows in an off season one year should be Blue Jay Hall of Fame. I wrote an article at the time for Jay's Journal. That was the top five guys that didn't even like get five seconds worth of uh, <laughs> like the Delgado thing. It'd be um, Delgado, Steve McGriff. John Olerud fell into that category too. John Olerud, he was just yeah. missing three thousand heads. Yeah. Um, yeah. Johnny O would be else. in there. Like trying to remember who the fifth one. I think actually it was Tony Fernandez. Was it Fernandez? Outside looking in because yeah. of gold gloves and stuff. Because I was looking yeah. at career WAR and compared to guys that were in the Hall of Fame at certain positions and stuff as mm-hmm. far as who were good Blue Jays guys, mm-hmm. and. I compared because as far as at the time, it was like when uh, McGriff was on the ballot for maybe two or three years. And the mm-hmm. fact that that time Don Mattingly was getting more conversation than Fred McGriff was my arguing point and where that whole idea started from. <laughs> <laughs> so, but 
I can only find the actual podcast episode, not the actual article I wrote. So that's, you know, no fun. <laughs> but to the top of that list, it was Delgado was my top guy. And it was a very close second for Steve and McGriff. Yeah, I'm just I'm trying to think if literally any other Blue Jays would be close to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but this year is going to be think, an interesting ballot. It will. With all the can you pull? Can you pull? Can you pull one up? Maybe we'll just do our our yeah or nay. <laughs> well, just our our quick twenty twenty two. Hall of Fame ballot. Give us about six and a half seconds seconds here. (laughs) Yeah, just give us about six and a half seconds here to pull this stuff up, and then we'll... uh... So, as far as carryovers, it is your major three steroid guys still. Mm -hmm. Kurt Schilling, Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens. I'm sorry to say, but I was never even thinking that Sammy Sosa was a Hall of Famer. This is his last ballot. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? Manny Ramirez is on his sixth season. At that one surprises me. Honestly, one of the ones I'm actually surprised hasn't gotten more weight on it is Gary Sheffield. You know, I think it's. You think it's those few years that he won a World Series with the Marlins that's killing him? Yeah, I when when you say Gary Sheffield, I don't think Hall, Hall of Fame. Yeah, I think I just don't. really ridiculously good player, but then I unfortunately mm-hmm. remember the Harold Baines effect, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> and that automatically puts Gary Sheffield in for me. Yeah, <laughs> and I think that's actually the same point of where what you had mentioned earlier it gives some people some weight on Todd Helton mm-hmm. in his generation, think- in his division, even mm-hmm. in the, the National League, he was one of the best hitters in baseball. Yeah. See, I, like I said, I. To that point, I think he's just on the outside looking in, to mm, your point. Yeah, but like. Then what do I, I know? I don't get a vote. Yeah, I don't know if I get 10, if I put or vote for 10 guys. Hmm. Mm. Yeah, looking at this it, ballot, I'm looking at, sorry to say, I'm, I, I. Watching Kurt Schilling pitch, just I I don't know. As much as I don't want to put him in for some of his character flaws, mm. I can't not put him in. I don't think that that whole thing in 2004 with the Red Sox was just yeah. uplifting nonsense. So um, I'm surprised Billy Wagner hasn't gotten more consideration. Yeah, and then on this year's ballot, it's so hard. I can't put Alex Rodriguez in. I can't it's... put Alex Rodriguez in first ballot with what's happened with all the other mm-hmm. people. Same thing, unfortunately, with David Ortiz. Do you think Ortiz gets in? There's a lot of debate around him, which I don't think there should be. I think he gets in just because of the fact that he is a great guy. And he's been good for the game of baseball, where mm-hmm. you can make the argument that regardless of how good Alex Rodriguez is, he's hurt the game just as much as he's helped it. Mm-hmm. So no, that that's a good way to put it. No, I, I, I like that. Yeah. Um. Honestly, the yeah. things that kill me, though, is like, do you, do you put Tim Lentz to come in? No. I didn't think so. But to that point, he's a first-year ballot. I would love to be able to put Prince Fielder in, but it's just not enough. There's even not though he's one of the most feared hitters at that time. Same with, same with Ryan Howard. Who, 
this guy voted yeah. for Ryan Howard. Yeah, somebody voted for Ryan Howard, and my guess is he is a Philadelphia beat writer guy. <laughs> mm. Um, he also so voted for Bobby Abreu, which I probably wouldn't vote for. Um, another Philly I, though. Yeah, <laughs> I would probably. I would. Okay, here's how my ballot would go. It would go Bonds, Clemens. Andrew Jones is right on the cusp for me. Mm-hmm. I'll come back to him if I if I have too many. <laughs> which I okay. I I would do Andrew Jones. Yeah, um, as I say, you were going to be short. I think already. Anyway, what you're yeah, talking about? Yeah, David Ortiz. I would do Manny. Mm-hmm. I would do a Rod. I would probably do. Sosa is very hard for me. Yeah. Because, like, he has home runs, but that's kind of it. And that's kind of um, why I don't see him. It's, like, the same reason as to me is why Mark McGuire isn't in the Hall of Fame. Mark McGuire yeah. is one of the most prolific home run hitters of all time and a baseball icon. Mm-hmm. But when you they, are so yeah. one-dimensional, he couldn't play defense either. It's just, yeah. And then, and then Billy Wagner. It's so yeah. hard for relievers to get in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because there's some other really, really good relievers on this, and I can't tell you that they're Hall of Famers. Yeah. I loved watching Joe Nathan pitch. Loved watching Joe Nathan pitch. Mm-hmm. But to that point, I can't put him in the Hall of Fame. Um, yeah. And then his teammate, Justin Morneau, he is easily one of the best twins to ever wear the uniform, but he's not probably going to make a baseball Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. But he's part of that story for the twins, especially all those years that they were really, really damn good. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. so... Carl Crawford was too close of a, you know, flash in the pan kind of candidate with me because once he left the Rays, he wasn't the same player. He didn't have the legs underneath him. Mm-hmm. Tim Linscombe peaked really, really quickly and was nuts and then mm-hmm. tapered off too quickly. I'm kind of in that ballpark with you. And I'm, I'm, if I vote for Barry Bonds, I have to vote for Roger Clemens. To me, mm-hmm. it's the same argument, unfortunately, because they were both probably Hall of Famers pre. Mm-hmm. you know possibly juicing or whatever what happened and the fact that they just saw other people doing it and we're like you i'm the best of the game i'm taking that shit <laughs> you yeah. know what i mean those are your two best pitchers your best pitcher well, and your best hitter from the for the better part of like 15 year span there mm-hmm. and i i had to vote for the two of them if i end up voting for one or the other one yeah i as much as i love omar Vizquel, i can't put him in because it's just all glove and, and he's kind of come out to be a real piece of shit. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to worry about that part right now. <laughs> like I said, I can't put him in anyway, based on the gold gloves. Mm-hmm. Manny Ramirez, I think, ends up being in that same Barry Bonds comment there. Mm-hmm. And going through the rest of this, it's. I can't yeah. let A-Rod go on in his first ballot just because those other guys I was just saying didn't. Mm-hmm. David Ortiz, I would probably maybe leave off this year too, but I would also be worried that he would actually fall off the ballot if enough people didn't vote for him because mm. it's so split. So I probably end up voting for him and that's probably what I would have on my ballot. Billy yeah. Wagner and Jonathan Papelbon are kind of the same guy. So I probably end yeah. up voting for both of them too. Do you think, and there's a lot of debate on Roland as well. Do you think Roland ever gets in? I think if he does, it's not through the regular ballot. Yeah. I think yeah, it'll be that same situation of what we were talking about with the Veterans Committee. It will have to vote in like 
Delgado and McGriff now. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't think to. that that committee ever in a million years lets those two not go in the Hall of Fame. And I think I Rollins think, in that same kind yeah. of ballpark. It, it'll take a while for McGriff and Delgado to get in, though. Like yeah. It'll probably be another 10, 20 years. Yeah. You're going to come with me to Cooperstown if we uh, end up getting Delgado? If Delgado <laughs> gets in, are we are we just going to start our campaign now? Might as well. We have a platform now. We're the official Jay's Journal platform yeah. <laughs> for a podcast. We'll, we'll get out our, our signs and our pickets and we'll start <laughs> marching in front of the, the dome. And Yeah, vote Delgado eventually. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, I, I think that's what my ballot. It ends up being those seven or eight guys there. And yeah. there's just too many. There's so many good players on this ballot. But like I said, Andy Pettit was great, but he's not a standout player. There's, he's a great player on a great team. There's, there's a, a lot, lot of guys of, in that mold. Yeah, there's a lot of great players on this. Like Mark Burley, we haven't even love Mark Burley. <laughs> we haven't even touched on. Um, Tim Hudson was really good. Tory Hunter was really good too. Jeff Kent mm-hmm. was really good as well. Albeit once again, kind of known to be an asshole, but like <laughs> Jeff Kent was a really... better second baseman to play baseball, especially in the decade yeah. that he played in. Like, so there's some really good ball players on here even mark Teixeira, like in, in like you brought up sheffield already already uh jimmy rollins like these are all really good jimmy ball rollins players <laughs> these are all really good ball players but they're like there's only a select few that meet hall of fame standards i think and, yeah. and i think we we basically touched on them i, I think yeah. our ballots would be fairly similar yep and like I said, I just think Clemens and Bonds at this point, they this is their last ballot. Same thing with Schilling. Schilling mm-hmm. just missed it last year anyway. I think he was six votes shy or something like that. Mm-hmm. Barry Bonds has a 162.7 career war. <laughs> is there anybody even in touching that? <laughs> like, if Shoei does what he does, like, this yeah. year for the next, like, 15 does that even at those two positions these well enough for the next 10 years he does that you would think what did he He have for war this this year year, right 10 something yeah so like but he would still need to to have 10 more seasons for like 15 more years to surpass bonds yeah it doesn't show on here who the veterans committee ballot would be this year that would be too cool if they did that wasn't it they had the already... golden era baseball committee and then they had the early baseball committee? Yeah. There's nice there C Mayman one... get it. Yeah, there was one already in, isn't there? I don't know. I can't I'd have to look. That's the that's the one that I voted Harold Baines in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um yeah, not sure. I had to look mm-hmm. further into that, but but yeah, no, it's very interesting. And uh, mm. these are the kind of things that where our baseball season's going here. If we keep getting locked out, <laughs> then we get to talk infinite shows on the Baseball Hall of Fame. And I've, yeah. I've had the pleasure of going. If you get a chance to go and you're a fa- even a above average baseball fan, not a nut like we are, that we actually you know podcast about the shit in a lockout. <laughs> you know, it's always fun. It's good. My wife even really enjoyed herself, and she just kind of tolerates my baseballisms. So, mm. <laughs> and she got for... a picture with a Philly fanatic, so she was very happy. There you go. <laughs> even if you're on the north side of the border uh, and you're listening, you get a chance to uh, go over to St. Mary's and yep. go to the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame. Go and see Scott 
uh, Scott Crawford is the director there. He's uh, he's been on our show a couple of times and nice. like super, super nice guy and super, super knowledgeable. He got us hooked up with like Bill Humber, um, who's like Canada's top baseball historian and stuff. And like he's been on the show a few times and did some specials with us about like the Asahi and some yeah. other uh, like the Chatham Color All Stars and. And we're like, nice. it, the, those are super cool stories that uh, you, you can find there that you won't find anywhere, anywhere else. So, yeah, go do that. Although you're you bored this winter without any baseball, <laughs> go there and like, downer there, right? <laughs> go, go learn something. Um, the last time I happened to be, I was in town around Cooperstown. I was like, okay, well, I got to go. Right. Mm. Um, wife, kids, everybody went and, um, it was the they were actually inducting the Simpsons baseball softball episode into the Hall of Fame. What? <laughs> they had it playing for everybody on like a loop in the front. It was hilarious. It was good fun. But that's, that's... the kind of stuff you get at that. It's not just you're not yeah. just going to go see old gloves from Babe Ruth and Mickey Mantle in uh, the old World Series rings from the 92, 93 World Series and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But you're going to see a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, and like what a lot of people don't understand about it, though, is as well, it's like it's not just like the MLB Hall of Fame. It's Mm -hmm. like it's the National Baseball Hall of Fame. It's anything and everything to do with baseball. So, yeah, what you were talking about, those stories are I knew about those stories from. Yeah, learning things from the baseball hall of fame too. So, um, that and obviously my, you know, guilty, uh, association with Canadian baseball, being a blue Jay fan here in Rochester, New York. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But still, still one of my, one of my, uh, one on my bucket list. I have to get down to Cooperstown. Anytime you want to go. It's a great little town to go visit, man. I'm Mm. I'm happily meet anybody there. I've been trying to get Brendan to go for about two years now. (laughs) I'm like, when are we going to just rent like a freaking campsite and drink our Mm. asses off and, (laughs) Hang around the Hall of Fame with our picket signs for Carlos Delgado. There you go. (laughs) But um, but to that point, um, I went the actually uh, it's downstairs. I forgot I moved everything. Um, I went the week before Ray Holiday got inducted because him not being there and everything like that, I just kind of couldn't handle it. (laughs) So, but they have they had a great exhibit on Ray Holiday when. He was going into the Hall of Fame, and it's still there mm-hmm. right now. So they just moved it, obviously not from the, you know, mm-hmm. they always reserve a special spot for the new inductees, and then they take a lot of that stuff and move it to the next room over kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it's really, really cool, though, that they have that kind of stuff. And uh, there's some really, really weird, odd Blue Jay memorabilia that they have in the Baseball Hall of Fame. That's all I'm going to mm-hmm. say. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> well, there you go. Cool. So, well. Before but we get to that point, yeah. <laughs> before we get too long, I I don't think we have to drag uh, drag tonight out any yeah. any further than we have to. I have I you're the master. You had of the to games. stump Craig time or whatever, right? You, yeah, you, you're the master of the games, and I thought maybe we would try one out. So the way okay. the way this the the way this one's gonna go, um, there's a possible twenty points okay. that you could get here. Um, oh, you I'm gonna get my give pen you... and paper ready. No, 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 no. <laughs> you should, you shouldn't need that. Um, at, so I'm gonna give you. You're gonna try to guess four players, and uh, right. I, I'm gonna roll down the clues, and whichever clue you get this player on, that's the amount of points. That's you how get. many points so I get. You, yeah. So if you get it on the first one, you get five points. The the second one, you get four, and 
et cetera, et cetera. Just to put so, it that way and be this dick guy, my default answer is going to be Minori Kawasaki. Uh, <laughs> I'll give you a hint, and he's not any of the answers. <laughs> just had to be that fun. Yeah. All right. So so let's get into the first one. So he started his career in 1992. Okay. He played. Uh, okay. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> oh, Trying to think you, rookies you, from 92. Yeah, you, you need another? <laughs> yeah, I'll need another one already. Okay. Uh, now, these players may not have started their career in the in Toronto as well. So just okay. keep, keep that in mind. He I'll also played a year in Japan. Okay. I've not got nothing yet. I have an idea maybe, but I don't think the years line up. Was the first Blue Jay to hit five doubles and five consecutive at bats? Definitely not the guy that I was thinking <laughs> was. <laughs> but at that point, isn't that Bo Bichette? Started That's not the right years at all. <laughs> <laughs> I was no, going to say, but no, no. That, was, that was games that Bichette did, right? Yeah. It's not Cecil Fielder, is it? No. Because that would be, like I said, I didn't think the rookie year lined up. Because he started playing in like 87, I think. Yeah. Okay. I'm uh, I'm thinking I'm going to be out of points here in a minute. <laughs> uh, you got two more hints. Uh, played for 13 major league teams. Holy shit. <laughs> uh, 13 major league baseball teams started in 1992. And obviously he's a hitter because he had that many doubles to start off his career no well that it was just he was the first blue jay to hit five doubles and five consecutive at bats oh okay hmm. yeah didn't start his career okay that's why i was like what that's not bob that's not Bichette. You gotta... <laughs> no, no, you, no, were, no you said born in 92 right <laughs> <laughs> still wouldn't even line up i know <laughs> freaking kids <laughs> i don't know man i'm you got me good here and as the last to a member of the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame. Hmm. I'm that you really got me. And it's that rookie year that's freaking blowing my brain up right now. <laughs> Matt stares. Matt stares. Uh <laughs> fucking A. <laughs> I loved watching Matt Stairs too, but that was just an obscure name. And I was not going to get any points on it. You know, <laughs> what was his tenure? Yeah, I don't... Three solid seasons of being that guy that's off his first the off the bench. To... <laughs> yeah, first off the bench to crack a home run and crack a beer. Beer league home effort. run hitter, Matt Stairs. <laughs> yeah. All right, we'll, we'll go for number two then. So was the Toronto Blue Jays' first round pick? Okay. Was the first Blue Jay to have a 30-30 season? Hmm. And you say he was a Blue Jays first round pick, not just a first round pick. He was a Blue Jays first round pick. 30-30 guy, Blue Jays first round pick. Because the sad thing is my brain went automatically to Jose Cruz. Right with the 30-30. And like I said, he was a first round pick, but he wasn't drafted by the Blue Jays. Mm -hmm. uh, shit. I think you got me again. I need another one. Same timeline. Was an all-star in 1999. 99. Oh, was it Vernon Wells? No. Won a gold okay. glove and a silver slugger in that same year. 
Oh, Aaron Hill. Nope. No. <laughs> was traded for Raul Mondesi, among others. Who the fuck did we send to the Dodgers? Remember, <laughs> <laughs> he was an all-star in 99. All-star in 99, sent to the Dodgers for Raul Mondesi. First round draft pick. I think you got me again, dude. I'm not kidding. Sean Green. Sean Green. I couldn't remember who the big name was in that trade. That was the thing that was killing me. All right. Like, and you're I, gonna and get everybody forgets that he, because he was so Alex Rios of his time. Everybody knew he was going to be the next big thing at baseball, but every Blue Jay fan bitched about him not ever doing what he thought he was going to do. Yeah. I love Sean Green. I love I loved watching Sean Green, too. So. All right. This one, this one, I think, is in your wheelhouse. I suck at this. Okay. <laughs> maybe we'll do this with uh, Brendan and maybe Adam and see if we can uh, we can rack up some points. Uh, I think was this it... is destined for Adam's return uh, episode just to blow his brain up before I, you know. <laughs> Hi, welcome back. Take this test. <laughs> this, this is what we're doing now. Uh, was a two-time Blue Jay All Star in five total all, and had five total All Star appearances. Two-time All-Star and had five total. So he was yeah, two he was times a, as a Blue Jay. Two-time Blue Jay All-Star, five times total in his career. Okay, give me another one. Was an ALERA champion. Okay, so that gives me a pitcher ballpark. I would hope uh, so. <laughs> don't, come on. It's, um, was it Mike McCoy used to freaking randomly pitch games for us? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Five-time All-Star, two times with the Blue Jays. Why do I want to... No, I can't be a reliever, because I wouldn't have got enough innings to win an ERA title. I think I need the next one. Was also a World Series champion. Two times with the Blue... Jack Morris? No. No? David Cohn, then. No. Appeared in relief in a World Series game. Oh, shit. Is it Jimmy Key? Jimmy Key! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I should know that one off the top of my damn head, too. I love Jimmy (laughs) Key. (laughs) I I thought that one would be in your wheelhouse. Well, you went so obscure with those other fucking ones. <laughs> I had to go. I was like really like in the back of my brain, like really far back. And I should have been thinking more in the front, apparently. I'm, you know, just... I'm fearing what's going to happen next week because I feel like you're going to expose me for the fraud of a Blue Jays fan that I am. <laughs> uh, See, this is right. too much of a test for the end of the show for me. So yeah. I. <laughs> yeah. All right. La- last one. Had an 18 year career with six different teams. Okay. Had two different stints with the Blue Jays. The only guy that probably had that long of a career and had two different stints. You didn't say three. No. <laughs> so it wasn't Tony Fernandez. No. Two different stints, 18-year career. There's only so many Blue Jays that have had two different stints. And I just said another one of them in David Cohn. But I don't think he pitched for 18 seasons. Okay, I need one more. Never went on the injured list in his career. Ugh. And actually never had any surgeries in the offseason either. <laughs> I 
I don't know where the fuck you're digging this shit up from, but you're really <laughs> burning me, man. <laughs> you make me look like I shouldn't be hosting a podcast ever. <laughs> had a hundred. He had 158 career saves, but only seven with the Blue Jays. Only seven with the Blue Jays. Ah, oh. uh, I'm gone. I got it. Too brain dead for the week. Now you can find him as a presenter on MLB Network. Oh, please, Zach. Please, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> so what? I got two points. <laughs> you got no, because you you got you got the last one on on the last clue. So you you had a whopping three out of twenty. There you Good. go. <laughs> I'm going to chalk it up that I've had three beers while I've been sitting here. <laughs> it was a valiant effort. Those those were tough. I should probably dial those down a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> you did. Because the, the catch was even your obvious one at the end was not obvious enough. <laughs> but to that point, the fact that Tony Fernandez had three separate stints with the Blue Jays, I was, you know, I, I, I knew that there was a reason you were giving me that <laughs> <laughs> well i had i had to throw in like a direct blue jays something so yeah you didn't want to say the guy that was traded with uh fred mcgriff or <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> something like that uh, oh man he sent uh fred mcgriff manuel lee in a bag of balls and <laughs> yeah <laughs> tony fernandez too <laughs> uh good shit oh. man so you got anything else right. you want to add before i all right Wrap this stuff too, up too much, but we're going to end up down a rabbit hole that we're not going to get out of. So <laughs> you can save that rabbit hole next week when Brendan's hosting. Oh yeah. Yeah. We'll, <laughs> we'll decimate him with like four or five more of these and we'll both giggle to each other. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had a good, I, you know, I've thought of some fun games. I'm glad I'm not the only brains behind the operation here, Chris. <laughs> well, I'll come up with some good ones for the, uh, for the episode that, uh, we, we do all together. And, yeah. uh, well, we'll that will be ex- fun. Yeah, we'll expose Brandon and Adam for what they are <laughs> for trivia night. Yeah, One of the things I do want to do though is actually, if we get the spaces thing up and running, I actually do want to host the Blue Jays uh, t- trivia night with everybody. Like I said, I have the perfect trophy Blue Jays fans that happen to be watching us on the YouTube feed. I have a Ted Lilly Pez dispenser that's brand new in the back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna keep it right here for all y'all. <laughs> so it's gonna be a fun okay. time, but got to figure out when we're going to do that maybe sometime after the new year right before spring training kicks up and hopefully when we have baseball back in swing there so we go. but to that point let's uh you know that they break this lockout thing so we don't have to be worrying about stupid trivia from chris anymore <laughs> <laughs> and um but chris to that point um you know it's been a pleasure having you and i'm glad you were able to still make it tonight even though brendan is mid travel right now on his way to a San Francisco 49ers ball game. So yeah, good times. Yeah, <laughs> All right. Sounds so, good. My friend. Anyways, blue Jays fans, make sure you catch us every week. We are going to be here lockout or not. We're going to find something fun for everybody to do here. And to that point, we are the official podcast of jaysjournal.com, which is part of fansided.com. Make sure you get us wherever you can get your podcasting pleasures from we're on apple spotify you know you name it whatever you can find us and apparently yeah, we're on amazon music now thought that was kind of amusing so that's a thing anyways yeah we're just everywhere like i said I, i'm surprised you know people aren't trying to bat us away from their stupid you know uh podcast feeds and stuff like that in the morning <laughs> but um to that point though chris we'll end it like we usually do on count of three and a let's go blue jays sure one two three Woo! Let's go Blue Jays. Let's
Go and the Manfred. lockout. Vote Delgado. <laughs> <laughs> For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.